0: Is the Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris, and my name is Jason, and this is the Talking Dead, number one hundred and three. For Monday, February the 11th, 2013. Thank you for joining us. We are excited to say that The Walking Dead is back on TV. After a hiatus. After the hiatus. Brief
1: hiatus, really.
0: Yeah, it wasn't too, it didn't feel too bad, the no. hiatus, I didn't think. It was for, of course, Christmas and the Super Bowl. And uh, now we're back with episode number nine called The Suicide King. The Suicide King. So we are going to get back to our regular format here where we recap the episode and uh, generally break it down, talk about it, and see what you guys think, too, through feedback and such things as, holy crap, did you see that moment. Yeah. So we're back to that. Exciting. Back to that. exciting, it is, exciting. It's very good. Um, before we get started, though, I do have to wish you a happy pro sports wives day. <laughs> oh, okay, that's professional sports wives day. Day. That's right. Because uh, they for, need to be honored. <clears> they they do. And here here's what they what it says about this observance. The national day of, day of observance. Well, that's hard to say will give polite recognition to nearly a half million active and retired sports wives throughout the country for their public service in the esteemed $213 billion professional sports industry. Okay. Unknown to the public, pro sports wives are the household managers and silent partners who keep their favorite athletes motivated, focused, and determined to win and create the feeling of being a winner within us all.
1: Okay. I have
0: mixed feelings. <clears throat> well, I, I kind of do, too. Um, I, I think that description is a little unaccurate. inaccurate. Inaccurate. Inaccurate? Di- inaccurate. Disaccurate? It's uh, neither. It's inaccurate. It's de-accur- deaccuratized. That's right. Because, you know, that I'm sure sports wives do such things, the silent partners who keep the athletes motivated, focused, and determined to win. That's all right. fine and good. Yeah. But it, in reality, a lot of sports wives—I guess, for lack of a better term—really um, are, are behind the scenes doing charitable things. Well, that's what I was hoping that this would go.
1: They would uh, actually, uh, you know, give you a number on how much money they've raised for chari-
0: charities over, over time. I mean, some of them just have regular jobs, like you yeah. or me, of course, being sports wives ourselves. Yeah. Um, but 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 the ones who who you know, maybe aren't doing sort of a regular day-to-day thing are usually doing stuff like um, not just supporting the team that their husbands play for, but raising money, working in the community, things like that. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of what I would say they should be recognized for. Well, okay, so
1: how is that different from anybody else's wife or anybody else's
0: husband? Like, my wife does that for me, and I do that for her. Okay, maybe it's not then, but... uh maybe you know? maybe that's why they had to separate this out and make it about supporting their their athlete husbands
1: you know because <laughs> you know essentially what i do is, is as part of being married is to support my wife and and help her as a silent partner achieve her goals
0: but do you Make, do you create a feeling of being a winner within us all, Jason? I do with, uh, try to do that with her. <laughs> well, you make me feel like a winner.
1: Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, so that's, that, that's Professional Sports Wives Day.
1: Uh, they need a whole day for this. They do. They Not do. just like a moment. Let's take a moment to recognize Sports Wives. No. It, it's a, a whole day. A moment is
0: far too difficult to promote, I now,
1: think. Now, is it one day
0: or is it one day every year? It's, uh, no, it's this day every year. That's that. That's too much. I think there's a that's whole too much time. I think there's a whole association of of sports wives. Now, just before we move on, my memory of hockey. I'm into hockey. Um, And my memory of hockey wives growing up, because occasionally while you're watching hockey games, they'll be in the crowd, they'll be whatever, they'll show, you know, the camera will show them in the crowd, either cheering or sitting there looking bored or whatever. Stuff. um, Doing stuff. And my memory of them is that they're always these like blonde bimbo type looking women. And I don't (laughs) know if that that extends to other sports. I really just know about hockey. Uh, I'm sure that's not true, but for some reason, those are the ones that the camera goes to. Well, yes. And but they're that, still doing good work. I that, don't want to take that away from that them. That may just be the
1: producer, right? It's not, oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> think that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's an attribute of hockey wives. I think that's an attribute of hockey producers. Hockey broadcasters. <laughs> broadcasters, and the guys directing the camera dudes to, or women to show stuff. Hey, there's a hot blonde chick that's a hockey wife over there. Get her on camera. But, you know, if she was bald and weighed 300 pounds, they probably wouldn't. Pan the camera over.
0: And she's eating a hot dog, quick! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, maybe not. You're probably right. So uh, it's it's bad, bad hockey producers. Okay, just for the record, I like bald chicks. Who? Who I, doesn't, man? I, I've always been... Uh, anyway, short, you're, short hair. You're down with the bald. Yeah. Alrighty, um, that's enough of that. Before we get into the Walking Dead news, I also just want to say, in case, since we're back into the season now, yep. it's been a little break, we may have new people listening, and uh, I just want to welcome everyone who's new, first of all. Mm-hmm. If it's the first time you've checked us out, I just wanted to direct you over to our Facebook page. Because a fair bit of our interaction with listeners and fans and all that happens on our Facebook page, um, which is at facebook.com slash dead. And uh, there's a fair, bit, you know, fair number of things going on over there. I try to post fairly regularly over the hiatus. I didn't so much. But, you know, it was a hiatus. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, we were on hiatus, too we were to a certain degree. So, um, I just thought if you're a new listener and you haven't gone to our Facebook page, go over and do that. And I would like to throw down the gauntlet right now and, and create a challenge.
1: Okay, challenge. So current, for me or for the people?
0: it's uh it's it's for us and for the people. Okay. Right now we have a little over 5600 likes I mm-hmm. think on Facebook. Yep. And I thought that's, you know, doing pretty well. I don't expect much. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's that's okay. It's, you know, I feel good about it. But here's my goal the end of season three, 10,000. 10,000. I want to (laughs) almost double our likes over the next uh, nine weeks. That'd be awesome. That's over 1,000 likes a week, you know. I know. I know. Well, it's from zero. So we're okay. Okay. 500 a week. good math math is hard it's hard <laughs> i know um especially that quickly yeah so ten thousand by the end of season three i'm i i think we can do it and uh i'm gonna
1: go over and like the page right now
0: oh that would be that would be fine that would be wonderful of you actually tell you the truth i'm not sure if i actually like the page, right? i'm sure you have
1: well i'm an administrator <laughs> so can you like a page that you're administrating yes oh <laughs> well then i probably should do that
0: okay well, that's, well that'll help that's absolutely everyone helps so uh if you 're listening, I think you should tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, and uh you know if they like us that 's fine, but really i'd like them to like us and uh listen to okay us as i did well. I did like this page i I like it already good for you i'm I'm happy to hear that good to <laughs> I really am um so let 's go for ten thousand by the end of season three. I think that would be hilarious and fun and uh hilarious mostly because can you believe a couple of idiots like us have 10,000 likes on yeah. Facebook? Well, no, hopefully. No sleep till 10K. <laughs> I don't know about that, but sure. <laughs> Can we get 10,000 in the next four hours? <laughs> yeah, I'll be asleep by 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may still be recording this at the time. Not a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so there you go, facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. Go over there and uh, check us out. And if you've already liked us, please go and just post and hang out and let us know what you think and uh, all that kind of good stuff. So, mm. all right, let's get into the show, shall we? Sure, sure. The Walking Dead News. All right, do you like that uh, flagrant self-pandering promotion for more likes on Facebook? Mm-hmm. All right, very good. We do indeed. Time for The Walking Dead News. Two quick items today. First of all, the ratings for last night's episode. Awesome. Already? Well, Already, they're quick. They're usually quicker uh, for the first episode after a hiatus or of a season. So they already know them before the show airs. Well, they may. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They figure it out somehow. Are are these actual ratings or predicted ratings? No, these are the ratings for last night's episode. And I was going to say, they're usually uh, quicker for the first episode and the last episode. They get them out faster. During the run of the show, they're usually a couple days after they release them. Nobody cares. Nobody cares except us. Uh, so what do you think? Do you want to make a prediction without looking at my screen here? Uh, no. <laughs> I'll tell you that the previous record for the season three premiere was 10.9 million. I remember that. For the 9 p.m. airing. Yep. What do we, we got? I'm not making a prediction. 12.3. 12. 12! 12.3 12. 12. million people. That's a dozen million people. A dozen. It, it is. It's over a dozen million. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um... Seven point seven million of those were in the eighteen to forty nine demographic, so not bad there. Wow! And if you add in the eleven p.m. rebroadcast, there were sixteen point six million viewers of last night's episode. That's pretty sweet.
2: That's sweet. records
0: all round. Sweet sixteen, it really is records all round. Um, nobody's watching anything else on TV other than sports more than this. That's great, and uh, that's that is really really good. Also, AMC's Talking Dead, which uh, was on at uh, 10 p.m. now, right? we'll talk about the schedule change in a second, it got 4.1 million viewers, which I didn't look it up. But if I'm not mistaken, the last time I looked up the ratings for Talking Dead on AMC, they were at about 1 million. Wow. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Time I change, f- good. think that's an increase. Time change, good, for sure. They also had a format change now. They've gone to an hour. An hour. From half an hour. Well, they have to in order to accommodate the time change. <laughs> they have to, exactly. Otherwise, they'd need another half-hour show in the middle there. Yeah, they don't want to do that. And they moved comic book men away to Thursday nights. Right. So, so now we have new episode of The Walking Dead at 9. Right. <clears throat> Talking Dead at 10. Yep. Repeat of The Walking Dead at 11. Yep. And, you know, I actually don't mind this format. That's, that makes much more sense then showing it twice and then doing the
1: live yeah. show? Well, first of all, they're going to get more audience because more people are watching TV at 10 o'clock than they are at 11 o'clock. Absolutely. I can tell you that my eyes are... Uh there's a higher chance of them being open at 10 than they are being open at 11. Yep. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, two, the, I, it actually draws more viewers into the 11 o'clock show because you watch the show, and then you get uh, an hour's worth of information about the show. You get to get insider whatever. You get to talk about it. They you know probably do highlights, uh, that kind of thing. And then
0: after that, you get to watch the show again. You get to, to think about it in a new way. Absolutely. I think it makes a lot of sense. I actually—we've <clears throat> talked about our feelings about AMC's Talking Dead show, you know, a fair bit on this podcast. Yep. Um, I actually liked the hour-long format better than the half-hour format. The main reason is um, they didn't have to just rush through everything. Right. When it was a half-hour, you had Chris Hardwick talking at a mile a minute— Not letting anybody else say anything, because he had to get through all this stuff in, you know, whatever, 22 22, minutes or whatever it is. And now he's got 45 or 46 minutes, and the show can just breathe a little bit. Like, I think those were even his words. You know, they have time to breathe and talk, and he doesn't have to cut people off constantly and so on. And, you know, the problems with the show exist, still exist, but they're inherent in what it is. Right. But just the fact that they could slow it down a little bit, they took some questions from the audience, wow. the live audience, which was brand new, That's and I, awesome. I sort of liked. And um, <clears throat> you know, they had time to do a brief pre-recorded segment of him on the set interviewing um, the uh, Dallas Roberts, who right. plays um, um, what's his face. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now. Know, Milton, Milton. Milton. Right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that kind of stuff they put in there. And I, I liked it. It was just, it was better. And frankly, I liked it a little bit better, too, because it gave me time <clears throat> while I was watching it to start preparing for this very podcast right. by by filtering through all of the, you know, some of the emails and calls we get and just getting ready for the 11 p.m. broadcasting when I'm going to sit there and make all my notes for our recap. So it works for them, works for you. It works for me. And they get, uh, you know, they quadrupled their ratings. So I, it sounds like a win all around. Yeah, it's a solid, solid move. Solid move, exactly. Can you
1: imagine how uh, if our podcast was only 22 minutes long? Ugh. We'd be done. Like, we're done now.
0: Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> just just we'll about. see yeah. you next week. We're, what, about 15 in right now? So yeah. we'd be done pretty <laughs> soon. Um, and, and it's just us idiots. We don't even have guests on who are going to say anything. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. Uh, All right, one other item in the news I just wanted to mention, that yesterday, during the afternoon sometime, Skybound launched a new Walking Dead website at Mm thewalkingdead.com. This is supposed to be your online home for everything about The Walking Dead. News, events, information about the comics, the TV shows, photo galleries, uh, the games. You can shop and buy stuff there. It is all Walking Dead all the time from the horse's mouth. Really? There's a horse there. <laughs> yeah, it's a zombie horse. <laughs> a zombie horse. No, the horse, by horse, I mean Robert Kirkman. Right. And by Robert Kirkman, I mean Skybound Entertainment, his company. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to mention it in case no one had been there. I, I don't mind sending our traffic all over to the official walkingdead.com site. Huh. It's okay. It didn't blow me away, but it's. I think it'll grow into something better if they put time and effort into it.
1: Right. There's a uh you know, I was just having a look at the site here and uh every time I roll over something, it takes over my screen.
0: Oh something giant happens. The uh the drop down menus are big, that's true.
1: Yeah, every time I roll over an image or something, uh yeah, I find this and it yeah. And the the screen jumps around on me, I
0: I find it oh god. Uh Well, I don't know if it's that bad for me. You are using Windows though, so yeah. well <laughs>
1: it, there's a lot of flicker and jumping around when I when I load the page. Okay, and I I don't like that because uh, yeah, it probably is my browser, but uh, I get I I process information really quickly on the net because mm-hmm. I work on the net, and yep. uh, so I find things and I click very quickly, and if the page is jumping around, I usually end up someplace I don't mean to be.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, I don't know. Our uh, I think the site is okay. It's again, I said it's early. It's only been up for a couple of days now, and they do have a fair bit of content. It looks like they pulled all of the Walking Dead related content over from um, uh, from Skybound's site. Right. So, you know, they launched with with something. Oh God, this Coke is making me gassy. Sorry, everybody. Gassy. <laughs> uh, it, So, you know, it's all right, and I think if they put time and effort into it and really interact with people a little bit through comments or whatever, um, I think it will be something cool, or at least it'll be a good place to go for the official word on everything about The Walking Dead.
1: I like the fact that uh, I just clicked on the the characters section. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that they don't break it. They break it down from uh, main characters and other characters instead of characters and dead characters. Right. Because that was a spoiler for me. I went to the Walking Dead wiki one time. Yeah. I was still in the middle of, like, book three of the books, and it was uh, while they were at the prison, before the end of the prison series. Don't spoil it for anybody I'm now. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody else, All but right. I got uh, okay. I got a definite spoiler on there, because it listed a whole bunch of
0: uh, characters and their status. Yeah, that's what they do. It's it's uh, alive, dead, or unknown, or something like that.
1: Yeah. So, uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it spoiled me, so I'm glad that the, that's, that's, a, that's a, a point in this site's favor, in that there are characters on here, some of whom are deceased, but uh, they don't list them as
0: such. So if you're worried about that, you won't be spoiled. Yeah. Um, and there's a store, so you can buy hats and shirts and all the books and things like that, uh, which is just sort of a uh, rebranding of the store that was on uh, Skybound site, which is probably still there, actually, too. So. Right. Yep. There you go. TheWalkingDead.com, your new official source. For everything related to The Walking Dead, your unofficial source for everything related to The Walking Dead, mostly the TV show, is right here. Yeah, that's right. Right here on this podcast, everybody. Come (laughs) here and we'll list all the characters and their status. (laughs) So take that. (laughs) Um, All right, it's time to recap this week's episode, The Suicide King. We open and we pick up pretty much right where we left off last week. Thunderdome. Our uh, last episode. Um, almost with the same shot, right on the governor's face. Right. And uh, we got Merle and Daryl in the ring, of course, and the governor says he wants Merle to prove his loyalty and fight his brother to the death. Uh Um, Andrea tries to step in and stop things, but Martinez holds her back. Uh, The governor says something like, it's not up to me anymore, the crowd has spoken. Right. A little cheesy, I thought. Yep. Of course it's up to you. If you wanted to stop this, you could. Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't doesn't want to. No, he doesn't. No interest. Uh, so Merle starts playing it like he actually is going to kill his brother, or at least fight him. Um, and as they're fighting, the governor's people bring in zombies, of course. Of course, on uh, man catchers. On man catchers. Okay, no-
1: now when they uh, when they took a like an overview shot, and uh, there was there were posts with uh,
0: like fire in them. Did you see those posts? Well, was- I saw a lot of burning like fires in the background.
1: There was a there was like it was like a lantern. Right, like a street lamp, uh, and there was a, a ball of like iron mesh, and inside that ball of iron mesh was
0: a fire, and it was ordered to provide light. Okay, I didn't notice, but I can I can sort of visualize what you mean. Okay, so I'm wondering where they got those fireballs, you know, fire like a ball
1: that uh, can contain a fire so that it would provide light. Like, did the local hardware store have these things? Or do they have, like, a a a, a, ball, a mesh metal ball fire manufacturing plant somewhere on in Woodbury? Or, like, where did these things come from? I so, don't
0: know. Maybe they're, like, specialty patio heaters or something that the f- hardware store did have. I don't know. No, no. They were just, like, like a, an iron... You know those uh, iron grates? <laughs> yeah. There's, like, an iron grate in a sphere with a fire inside. Okay. Well, sounds kind of cool. Maybe they're... I don't know. Maybe they're crafty enough to create these somehow. Oh, yeah. So
1: there's an apocalypse. They're trying to keep out the the undead masses, and <laughs> somebody's in a workshop going, you know it would be really cool for the Thunderdome if I made these spheres that could have fire in them?
0: Burning spheres of fire. And then all their, all his neighbors are like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should spend your time on that. <laughs> and then they could build a catapult and chuck them at zombies. That'd yeah, be cool. Yeah, all That'd kinds be awesome. of stuff. See? That's a good idea. Anyway. Uh, so I guess they have burning spheres of fire around. Um, they bring in the zombies and, uh, Merle gets down on top of Daryl and, uh, he tells him basically to just play along. Follow Follow my lead. Follow my lead. I got something going here. I know I'm choking you and I know (laughs) you're choking me, but I'm going to talk and say, follow my lead. Follow my lead. (laughs) Um, so they hop up and they start fighting the zombies. Yeah, Back to back. Back to back, which looked cool, but I don't know if punching a zombie in the face is the, like bare knuckled is the best idea. Didn't, but then, uh, what else are you going to do? In didn't this Errol situation? have a knife? Uh, I think he had a no. knife in his, his, his right hand. I, don't, I didn't notice a knife. I just saw him wildly swinging punches at zombies. I in, thought in he royalty. had a knife.
1: You remember that time he was sneaking up on a
0: zombie and his arms were really high and he had a knife in yeah, one yeah, of his Yeah, him? yeah, yeah. I thought that was the stance and I could have swore I saw a knife he, in one of his hands. He was sneaking up on uh, Tomas, I think. That's right. Right? No, I don't think he had a knife because he had all his weapons taken away from him. I don't him. know. I thought I saw a knife. All right. Well, either way, they were punching zombies it was in a the magic face. magic knife. Punching zombies in the face. Um, I'm going back to take a look. All right, do it. Now, suddenly, gunfire breaks out, mm-hmm. and it's Rick and Maggie shooting up the ring, just shooting wildly into the crowd. Uh, chaos erupts, of course. The crowd starts scattering, and the governor is just slowly walking through the crowd, um, kind of relishing it all, Yeah, I he don't care. No. Gunfire, he... smoke, bombs exploding, people running
1: everywhere. He doesn't give a shit. He's
0: just walking <laughs> along going, this is awesome, right. and this is crazy. Yeah. And I'm crazy, probably. <laughs> it's like General Patton. Yeah. General Patton refused to duck or in any
1: way acknowledge uh, combat going on around him. He just walked right through it. He just walked around. He stood up in his Jeep all the time, explosions going off. He didn't give a
0: shit. That's funny. Kevin Smith on uh, AMC's Talking Dead last night made a Patton reference too, but not to this scene. To oh, a really? scene later in the episode, yeah. Huh. Uh, so we go to the credits, and when we come back, you find that knife yet? No, I'm, I'm watching it. All right. I'll get there. You let me know. We go to the credits, we come back, and we've got Rick, Daryl, Merle, and Maggie running away. Merle leads them out an opening in the Woodbury fence. They kill some walkers, but we see one, um, one of the walkers getting into Woodbury through the fence. Yeah, he... Uh he figured out that fence pretty quick. He did. He just walked right up and was like, hey, I can get in here. Yeah, he like pulled it aside and was like, hey, this looks like uh, I can get through the fence. You know, they in season one, they were climbing a fence. So right. it's not a stretch to think he could open this one a little wider. Right. So him and his buddies could shuffle on through. That's right. Um, what happens? They get, uh, we go to the road where the Hyundai is parked and Glenn and Michonne are waiting there for them. The gang per- shows up. Perfectly washed and clean Hyundai. Oh yeah. I was talking to Dave earlier today and he said that was the most ridiculous thing that this prison must have the best car wash in the left in the universe. Right. Because it's not a dirty car.
1: No, it was uh it was in
0: great shape. Why not waste water cleaning the car? They love that car, they just wash it. <laughs> exactly. Uh but the gang shows up and there is a wild confrontation between Rick and Michonne and everybody because yeah. Merle Merle is there. He's such a shit disturber. <laughs> yeah. Um they, they all kind of have issues with each other here, right? Like Merle tried to kill and torture Glenn and Maggie, and nobody trusts Michonne yet. Well, Rick doesn't anyways. Yep. And Merle's just a dick, and he doesn't stop talking. And Daryl's conflicted because he's found his brother, but he also has you know these other people that he's been getting along with really well. So they're all just kind of yelling. Yep. But throughout it, uh, Merle reveals that Andrea is in Woodbury, and that her and Michonne spent the last nine months together. So that is out in the open now. Finally. <clears throat> Finally. I really liked it. Um, Merle says a bunch of racist and rednecky type stuff, and eventually Rick knocks him out because he just will not shut up. Right. <laughs> Go to sleep now, please. Gun, uh, gun, uh, handle to the back of the head there. Um... Yeah, I I, I like this scene a fair bit, even though it was a little bit wild and crazy. Yep. Um, I liked it because, like I said, things that came out in the open that we've been waiting for. You know, people said what they would probably say in real life. No one, you know, held their cards close to their chest. Everyone was just like, I don't like you, you don't like me. She's been with Andrea, so and so and so. And it just felt kind of natural. The only thing I didn't like about it is... How much of a bit of a cartoon that Merle has become. Right. Did you get that feeling? Yeah, he seemed a little over the top. It, it You know, a,
1: a reasoning person would, uh, you know, calm down a little bit and not try
0: and instigate such shit at that time. Yeah, I mean, maybe he would a little bit, but yeah, even like the biggest shit disturber in the world would probably be like, okay, everybody here hates me. I maybe should just tone it down a notch. Everybody hates me. Uh, nobody trusts me, they all have guns, and I do not. And I got a stump, yeah.
1: Yeah, so just relax a little bit. So I'm going to show you a shot. Okay. This is the shot. In the background, right behind Daryl's hand, there's an arm. Yep.
0: Just for a <clears throat> split second, I thought, when I was watching that, I thought that was a knife. And his hand is, is like sort of in the shape of gripping yes. a knife and someone's arm in the background. Yeah, I can okay. see that. So
1: just for a split second, my brain put uh, knife in hand. In uh, into this
0: scene. So All right. No, uh, Daryl did not have a knife. No. So they were bare-knuckling zombies in the mouth. Yeah, except for uh, uh, Merle's, Merle's stump. I guess Merle was using his metal thing, yeah. But still, seems like a poor idea, but I guess you got to do what you got to do at that moment. Like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. That's right. Um, so we go back to the prison. Herschel's patching up Alan. Beth walks in with the baby, and Sasha kind of puts her foot in her mouth. By assuming that the baby is Beth's, right? <laughs> Which I thought it was kind of a goofy scene, but no, I thought I liked that was it.
1: Uh, I thought that was a you know a reasonable thing. A, a woman walks in with a baby. Yeah, you know, oh my, oh my goodness, there's a baby. Yeah, she said you know? we
0: didn't think we'd ever see one of those before. How Again. are you feeling? Yeah,
1: you know, I would have made that assumption. Somebody's holding a baby. Nobody else seems to be you know, mothering the baby, and this—I uh, would have made that assumption.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably a, a safe assumption. What I liked about it, though, is that, again, information was was relayed to people. Tyrese and everybody in his gang now knows that, well, they have a baby, and B, that the mother didn't survive. Right. Um, the only other thing I suppose they could have revealed is that the mother was uh, Carl's, and that's Carl's sister. Right. But I guess it's not that important at that moment. Um. Tyrese uh so Tyrese and Herschel are talking, and he Tyrese explains how they survived for this long in his neighbor's bunker and uh when they came out after they ran out of supplies, Alan and Donna were the first people that they found um sort of still surviving out there yep uh Herschel <clears throat> says they'll give uh Donna a proper burial. that's nice. And uh, he also says that they shouldn't get too comfortable because, you know, whether they can stay or not is not up to me. No, it's up in the air. It is. Now, I like this because there was a—this really showed the bonding, the sort of early bonding between Herschel and the gang and Tyrese, right? Tyrese has been very respectful of everybody so far, as he continues to do so throughout this episode, and I think Herschel's kind of buying into that. And uh, this was a good scene sort of outlining that. Uh, We go back to the road. The group is standing around talking about Merle. Nobody wants to bring Merle with them except Daryl. No, of course not. He's conflicted because it's his brother, of course. Um, And they basically say, nope, Merle can't come, and Daryl decides that he's going to leave with Merle. If there's no him, there's no me, Well, that makes sense. I I guess so, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty tough decision to make, though. I mean, your brother, who um, you haven't seen in a long time, you formed formed a really strong bond with these other people, but now suddenly your brother's back, what do you do? Right. I mean, it's a tough call, but it does make sense that he would go with him. It's like, I can't just abandon him.
1: I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have made a different call. No, I don't think so either. You know, I, you know if, if it was my brother that showed up, uh, blood is thicker than water. You know, if you don't want my
0: brother, you know, it was just us for a long time, we can survive. That's true. But if you factor in the, you know, the fact that he's leaving a relative safety— for wandering around in the woods again. I mean, that's yes pretty no. difficult.
1: There are advantages to being just two people on the move, right?
0: It's, I suppose. I suppose you can keep moving quicker. You know, you, uh, you go back to the
1: prison, the chances, they know as well as everybody else that the governor's going to retaliate and come after
0: the prison. I guess they can avoid all of that. That's right. true. Just like, you know, leave them as a target. We'll go someplace else. Yeah, there's got to be a somewhere else we can hang out. Right. Uh, but Rick lets them go, and... uh I loved how there was no real hard feelings between the two in this scene, right? right? You you kind of expect one of them to fly off the handle and be like Rick, either going, "I can't believe you're abandoning us," or or uh, Daryl saying, "How can you, you know, how can you do this? You're you're sentencing us to death by sort right. of make forcing us out on our own." But it wasn't like that. They were both like, you know what? This is just the way it's gotta be. Things have been really good, you know, your kids are great, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh and let's just move on from here. Um and I think that was a, a a good decision on the part of the writers to make it sort of amicable that way. Yeah. <clears throat> They'll be back. Oh yeah, they're not no going, doubt about that. They're not going anywhere very far. Have you seen those uh memes online about um if Daryl uh what is it, if Daryl dies, we riot. <laughs> yeah and uh you know the slightly more polite version of it is if daryl dies we stop watching right <laughs> so i'm pretty sure that uh i'm pretty sure that they know what they have on their hands here with daryl and yeah, how the fans love them
1: if they kill they can probably kill anybody else off and there wouldn't be as back, big a backlash as if they killed daryl
0: off probably probably um, but that's, that whole movement was revived last night when, uh, when they, people started thinking, oh my God, they left. Are they coming back? Are we ever going to see them again? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you will, people. Um, so Tyrese's group back at the prison is bringing out Donna's body. Alan sees Carol and Carl and thinks that this is a good opportunity for them to take over the prison. It sure does. He figures there's a woman, a little kid, uh a teenage girl a baby and a one-legged old man why why is this even a challenge really (laughs) right (laughs) but tyrese tells him to have some common decency and settle down and just then beth and axel bring out a shovel to help them dig a grave and uh tyrese is still very friendly with alan and nothing nothing happens yeah i think that would have been a mistake if they would have went after uh,
1: carl and uh and what's her name
0: and, total, uh, yeah. total mistake. They, that, would, that would have been... Uh, First of all... Unfortunate for them. It, it would have been. I mean, that's not just a woman and a little kid. No. That's Carol and Carl. That's right. Mostly Carl. Mostly Carl. <laughs> These days. he They both had guns, probably. Yeah, she had a rifle, and he had... I'm sure he has his pistol with his pop can on top. And Tyrese uh had a hammer. So, you know... Carol or Carl might have taken a surprise hammer to the head, which can do a lot of damage. Oh, yeah. But the rest of them would not have survived long. It can do a lot of death. It can do a lot of death, but uh, the other one would start shooting wildly and probably take out everybody else. Right. So yeah, good move not to do anything. Tyrese knows what he's doing here. Um, back on the road, they are traveling, but they're blocked by a car. So they all get out. Glenn opens the door of the car to move it. Of course, a walker jumps out. I don't know why Glenn couldn't see that walker sitting in the car before he opened the door. Sometimes, uh, windows don't work. I guess so. Or he knew it was there and he knew he had to get it out. So he just opened the door and like, he didn't hesitate. He grabbed that thing, threw it down on the ground and stomped the shit out of its head. Right. So we were surprised, but not necessarily him. That's right. So then Glenn and Rick argue about Rick not killing the Governor, and uh Glenn is pretty pissed that, after all that effort to save Daryl he just uh he just leaves yeah and doesn't doesn't do anything else doesn't kill the Governor. Glenn is upset because the Governor gets to live after what he did to him and Maggie pretty much
1: I'm surprised Maggie didn't take a shot at him
0: uh during the during the opening
1: what would have been my first shot
0: well, yeah I mean she had a what did, she was shooting some sort of automatic uh, assault rifle, right? Yeah, uh, I guess so. She, maybe it was too dark. Maybe it was. Oh, too she much was lying in
1: wait, and there was no smoke. They threw a bunch of smoke grenades. There wasn't any smoke until after the first I couple suppose of shots. She for, could have taken that shot. Right that would off have been my back. first shot. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I would have got him in the other eye. <laughs> but then yeah. where would the plot be, right? Well, of course, we, it's we used, a plot device. We used to call this, uh, in, when we played D and D, we used to say that he had the uh, the PDM shield. Right. Uh, Plot device man. He could not be killed because he's a plot device. He is needed to (laughs) keep the story going. (laughs) Yeah. I remember getting into fights, into battles with, uh, you know, one of the main bad guys, and uh, we'd get upset at the DM because uh, the guy wouldn't die. It's like,
0: uh, he can't die. He's a plot device. And we'd all go, oh, okay. So stop trying to kill him. Yes. (laughs) Um, You could kill him, but then the game would be done here. Right. So if you want to finish now, then, you know, there you go. Uh, All right. We go back to Woodbury. Andrea and Milton are talking, but as they talk, some packed cars drive past them and go to the gate. The townsfolk are upset. Yes. They're trying to leave, and they're borderline rioting. They don't think it's safe anymore in Woodbury. Right. Which, I don't really blame them. No, and by honking the horns and making a big fuss, they're making it less safe. They're making it worse, absolutely. Andrea steps up to try and contain the situation, but suddenly screams are heard from up the road, and they see that the walkers Merle let in earlier right. are now eating people. Right. Um, one guy's still alive, but he's been bitten. He's lying on the ground. I think his name was Richard. Could be. Or Rich, which may be the same. Uh, the governor comes out and, without hesitation, just shoots him in the head, turns around and walks away. Right. Um, Did you notice how the governor was walking in this scene? I I think David Morrissey has a goofy walk. Does he? I think so. And maybe it's the pants or something like that, but he just seems to swing his legs and hips a little bit. His toes are pointed out, and he kind of swings his feet out, and they look like they're flapping around with huge shoes. Maybe. Something like that, yeah. Maybe his shoes are too big. A little bit of a goofy walk. That's right. (laughs) Um, I I noticed it when he was walking towards the guy, and then when he was walking away, too. I was like, what is—it's like Shane's earlobes. Once you saw right. how enormous they were, right. that's all you could see. That's right. Now I'm like, that guy walks funny. Maybe he needs orthopedic shoes. He may. Yeah, and it's know. hard to get in Woodbury because
1: uh, the guy that has the skill to make orthopedic shoes is too busy making uh, fire.
0: fireballs. <laughs> fire globes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off that's there, okay. but I knew what was coming.
1: <laughs> he's like a uh, one of those elves that finish all the, the, uh, the shoes, only he's been finishing all
0: the fire globes. That's right. <laughs> well, what's more important, orthopedics or fire globes?
1: Well, I don't know. It's the governor. She
0: That's true. Orthopedic shoes, and then finish the fire globes. But it's all a matter of priorities. They right? need to see. They need to see what's going on in the Thunderdome. Well, the governor probably directed
1: him. Right? It's like I, you know, I can live without the uh, the orthopedic shoes, but uh, damn it, we need those fire
0: globes because we got a a Thunderdome tonight. <laughs> we got a Thunderdome. <laughs> all right. So we cut back to the prison. Carl and Carol. Even though in my notes I wrote Carl and Carl are waiting at the gate. The two of them. That's right. She's talking about how loud the world used to be and now how she'd give anything for the noises of civilization again.
1: Yeah. They, she said
0: uh, she'd give anything to hear a jumbo jet. Yeah. And Carl said uh, that I'd give anything to be on it. Wouldn't it? He said, wouldn't it be great if all of us were on it? Yeah. I don't get that line.
1: Well, he wanted to be on a jumbo jet, just get away from here. Maybe civilization was back. But all I could think of, uh, you want to be trapped in a big metal tube in the air with zombies, most likely? I don't
0: think so. a bad, bad place to be. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if nobody can fly that thing anymore.
1: Well, you know, hopefully that door to the cockpit is secure and uh, neither of the pilots are zombies. Then maybe the plane would land, but the chances of you surviving are thin. thin. Are not good. If uh, one of the pilots is a zombie and the other one gets bit... You're all screwed. You are, unless you can fly a plane. Or get through that door. If they're both dead and or zombies, you can't get into that door without
0: one of the pilots opening up that door. Except presumably the keys are on the plane somewhere. So if you do survive, you could find the keys maybe. I'm not entirely sure. No? Not on the plane. Maybe on the ground. But I don't think there's any way to get into those doors without the pilot opening that door. I guess that would be a security risk if one of the... The flight attendants had the keys. Yeah. All you have to do is steal them or overpower her, and you're in the cockpit. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. So you have to break it down. Or a steward. Uh, flight attendant applies to... Oh, well, yeah, the... I thought you said stewardess. No, I did not. But then you said her, so I... that's when my brain went there. Oh, you're right. I tried to not be sexist, and I was anyway. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> at least I called you on it. You did, at least. <laughs> Why not? But they're waiting at the gate. Uh, yeah, they're talking about the noises of civilization. She also tells Carl that Lori was proud of him, which was nice. That is nice. Even though he didn't really feel it You know, because he thinks all he ever did was uh, be a little asswipe to her. Right. (laughs) Uh, But then the car drives up. Suddenly, they're coming. And here's another weird thing that I thought Carl said. They hear the car coming, and he turns to look, and he says, man, I hope that's them. (laughs) like, who else (laughs) is it going to be?
1: Well, somebody—anybody else
0: is bad. Uh, Anybody else is bad. But, like, it's not like—well, I guess Tyrese did show up, (sighs) but— Not many other cars have approached this prison in a long time. No. And he's like, I hope it's them. I hope it's not the pizza I ordered. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I think that thought
1: would have occurred to me as well. You know, hear a car, it's like, man, I hope it's not somebody we don't know.
0: Well, yeah, but that's not the feeling I got. I... The feeling I got from it was like, there's been four or five other cars drive by, and he's like, oh, it's not them. Oh, I it's want like waiting be- for a bus. Yeah. Oh, that's not the bus. It never comes, you right. know? But Or but- looking for a streetcar.
1: You look for that, uh, that middle headlight way, <laughs> way down there, because, uh, I don't know, Toronto streetcars have three headlights. Right. Two, uh, you know, regular headlights, and then one a little higher and in the middle. Right. And that's what you look for when you're looking three kilometers down Queen Street. You're going, okay, I want that middle headlight. Hey, there it is. <clears throat> And then uh, then you wait 15, 20 minutes for the damn thing
0: to show up. Right. So I just thought it was weird that he's like, oh, I hope it's them. But it was them, luckily. And uh, so they get in there. And um, Carol, of course, first notices that Daryl's not with them, but Rick assures her he's alive. We ran into his brother and he went off with him. Yeah, he's gone. And uh, Carol seemed to be feeling pretty alone at this point, I thought. Yep. Like, she was really like, where's Daryl? It's the first person she looked for. She left me? Or he left me? That's right. So she's feeling a little abandoned, yeah. I think. Yeah. Which um, is not going to be good for her. Or anybody in this world, I don't think. Uh, but we go back to the governor's apartment. Andrea comes in and questions him about how he's handling things. That was a really nice apartment. That was a shot, a nice shot of the apartment with the uh, the beams and it had like vaulted ceilings did you
1: notice that no
0: it's the same apartment he's always been in right yeah but this was a really nice shot it uh, seemed like a really nice uh, cozy place to be well good work cinematographer for shooting this apartment so well Um, I didn't notice but it sounds like the type of place I'd like to live yeah (laughs) maybe not during the zombie apocalypse Um, so yeah she questions him about how he's handling things Uh, And he tells her that they were holding Glenn and Maggie. So more information is revealed. Lots of information. I'm feeling good about this. Yeah. Uh, All the information here. Uh, But the governor is very cold to her, and uh, she says, why didn't you tell me this before? And he said, you were just a visitor here. Why should I tell you? Right. And uh, she's like, don't shut me out now, you jerk. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's playing with uh, the bag of guns. He's playing with Rick's sheriff's bag of guns. That's right. Getting
1: ready for a war. Um, I thought he was packing up and getting ready to leave.
0: Oh, you thought he was just gonna hit the road.
1: I thought, you know, when he picked up that backpack, I thought he was putting together a uh, a go bag.
0: No, that didn't occur to me. I'm like he's checking those guns. I don't know why he has to do it right now, but well, I guess why does
1: he have all the guns? Why wouldn't he why wouldn't they have a central armory, which I'm I assume they do, which would this he would just add these guns to. This is something, you know, his personal collection yes. of firearms. So Well he
0: probably A feels like he needs a personal collection so that if something goes to shit he doesn't have to run down to the armory or rely on anybody else right he's right. like i got my own weapons here nobody else is allowed to have their own weapons but i did i am yeah. but also i think he just you know these are like almost like a trophy he took them That's from true. he took them from andrea when she brought them back yeah. into woodbury so so anyway i had that impression
1: that he was just getting <clears throat> ready to bug out
0: okay i thought he was just playing with his weapon i thought it was his bob bug out bag bug out bag all right I had to think about that one for a second. <laughs> Been reading uh, prepping sites. Oh, good. Gotta <laughs> have a I have a bob. A bob. Um, we can get into what's in your bob later. <laughs> Back at the prison, Rick, Carol, and uh, Carl come walking up, because they walked up from the gate. Beth hugs and kisses Rick, which yeah. I really thought was nice. She seems to be very affectionate towards him. That's because she's caring for his baby. That's true, and she's just glad to see him. Uh, Rick and Herschel talk about their new enemies in Woodbury. And uh, how that's maybe troublesome. Um, Rick walks into the prison and just goes right past Tyrese without even saying a word. Yep. Just walks right past him. And uh, Tyrese says they got to be patient to talk to him. Again, Tyrese being very level-headed and agreeable and friendly, as friendly as he can be. He's like, True. these people will deal with us when they have the time. Yep. Yep. As long as until then, we can probably just stay here and be safe. Yeah, so why not keep feeding just just us? So keep our mouth it. shut. Exactly. Um, instead, Rick goes to Beth and the baby, uh, and he takes the baby, but she cries uncontrollably as soon as he carries her, and you can see the look in his eye like this is not good for his fragile mental state.
1: No, because there was also music and the uh, the echo or
0: reverb effect on the effect on the baby crying was. Uh, are you saying that the producers and writers of this show were manipulating the audience? Yeah. How dare they? Well, they
1: weren't manipulating the audience. They were uh, showing us that uh, Rick is becoming slightly unhinged. Right?
0: Well, continuing to be unhinged slightly. Yes, becoming again unhinged. You know, after the telephone thing seemed to be wrapped up uh, in the uh, earlier part of this season, I was like, okay, they're they're done. That's quick. They're they're over it. Rick is healing now. He'll be fine. I don't get that feeling anymore. Didn't I say that it would come back?
1: I believe I did. That the phone or just his? No, just his his craziness. I don't. I didn't think the craziness was over. I thought it would come back. Yeah. People don't just go crazy for a little while and then they're done with it. That's not when, true. Not when the stress of what caused them to go crazy is still kicking around. That's true. That is true. It's, and this baby uh, is a huge reminder
0: of the thing that completely unhinged him earlier. Yeah. Not to mention everything else that's you know gone crazy. So. Yep. So he's clearly still nuts, Um, but uh, we go back to Woodbury. The town is gathering outside the governor's apartment. They are still unruly, and uh, Andrea comes out because he won't, and she delivers an uplifting speech about working together to rebuild. The the crowd completely calms down, and uh, the governor is watching from a window above, so he sees what's going on out here. Yep. This is what Kevin Smith was saying. It was her Patton moment. Right. Delivers a heartwarming, uplifting speech. Right. Go to the prison and Carol and Beth are talking about the baby. They start talking about Daryl and basically decide that he's a good man, even though he left. Uh Beth says though we're weak without him. She's a little worried about it. Yep. And Carol decides that Daryl has his code and this world needs men like that. It does. So uh she's probably figuring he'll figure it all out and come back and they'll be good again. Oh, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so too. If Merle dies, he'll come back. That's true. That is true. If Merle dies, where else is he going to go, really? Yeah. Um, we see Herschel. He's cleaning up Glenn, addressing his wounds a little bit, and uh, he can tell that something is wrong between him and Maggie. Yeah. Glenn doesn't really say much, but as he's leaving, Herschel tells him that he's like a son to him. That's nice. Which was very, very nice. And then he goes to see Maggie, and she doesn't really feel like talking either, but Herschel suggests that him and her and Glenn should work things out. Right. Um, I was chatting with Dave earlier today, and he's like, I don't even know why they're not talking. Like, I don't, he's, he's like, I just don't get it. What do they have to be, you know, so upset about? Well, let's think about that. Well, my answer to Dave was that Glenn is feeling inadequate because he wasn't able to really protect Maggie from the governor. And then Rick went back and didn't kill the governor. And now Glenn is just kind of feeling like less of a man, kind of. And he's like... Maybe I don't even deserve to be with this woman, sort of.
1: Well, he didn't want uh, he didn't want her to go back, and uh, I think he's mad at her for going back, putting yeah. herself in danger. Yeah, but it,
0: there's there may be a bit of that too. But the feeling I got from earlier in the episode is that um, it wasn't really her call. Like we didn't see the decision to go back right and no. rescue Daryl no. as viewers. But it sounded like Rick was saying to him, you know, you could barely walk, you were badly injured, you couldn't come and help, you should you should stay here and rest, we'll go and take care of this kind of thing. What, well, was he asleep at the time, and they just left him? Well, that's the thing, you think he would have argued a bit, but maybe he really was in bad shape. But then when he got back, he was feeling better, they got back, he was feeling better, and he's like, I could have helped, or, you know, I thought you were going to get Daryl, but you should have killed the governor, too. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? Come on. He's just angry. <laughs> He is. He's feeling angry these days. And it probably is not completely rational
1: anger either. It's just, I'm angry at this, I'm angry at that, I'm angry at you, I'm angry at him.
0: I'm just angry. Exactly. Now, it may not be rational, but it's not entirely without, you know— uh, good reason either. That's true. He's, he did have his ass kicked. He was tortured. He was tied to a chair with a zombie attacking him. Yeah. Uh, you know, they humiliated Maggie. They did a lot of things. He's He's got a good reason to be pissed. He's pretty pissed. So hopefully they work it out, though, because ultimately, I think he's just feeling angry at the world, and he doesn't need to direct it at her so much. True. Because I'd like them to, you know... Oh, well, they'll patch it up. Be happy and patch it up. Um, so Michonne is, uh, sleeping. We see her sleeping in the prison. Uh, Herschel makes a comment about she probably hasn't slept for days. (laughs) So she needs some rest. Uh, the gang is outside. Rick, Herschel, and everybody are talking about the governor retaliating. And Herschel says that they could use some reinforcements at this very moment. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. We lost our number one cool dude, Daryl. Yep. And, you know, we might need some extra help. Um, so they go and talk to Tyrese um, Tyrese makes his case to stay and help out, and Rick says no. Right. Puts his foot down, says nope. Um, I had a slight problem with this scene, and, uh, I know it's part of Rick's character, but he comes off super, super extra distrustful in this scene. To me, it felt like more so than ever before. You think so? When you're, when you're in a moment where you think, You know, now may be the time to give somebody a chance, and that's, of course, what Herschel says a second later. This might be, you got to give these people a chance, you're making a mistake here. I just felt like Rick was just, you know, so quick to say no, as like, he's got to be thinking we might need these people. Yeah, it's true. You know? But it didn't seem like that came across at all. I don't think he's entirely rational. Well, again, no, he is not being entirely rational with any of his decisions here. Yeah. So... Um, Rick, uh, so yeah, Herschel says you're making a mistake. Now, Rick looks like he's starting to agree. He does, I, you know, he, he thinks about it. Uh, but then he sees a figure standing on the ramp above them. Right. And it appears to be a woman, which looks like she may be in a wedding dress. Something white. White, flowing gown of some kind. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it was a wedding dress, but I think that may have been what they were going for. Um, we are to believe that this is Lori. Yes, he is seeing his dead wife. Yep. Uh she's not calling him on the phone anymore. Nope. He's she's just a specter standing there glaring down at him. Right. In um, shadow. In shadow so we don't really see the face, which to me just means that they didn't actually use yeah. uh uh what's her face? To, yeah, Laurie. to um, um, What's your name? God, I'm bad. It's it's the hiatus. That's the problem. Um they didn't actually use the actress to uh yeah, to portray what? her. Sarah Wayne Callies oh, thank just you. just takes a second to come to me. It'll all come back. Um she probably wasn't available or you know couldn't come and just do a non-speaking standing in the shadows role. Why bother? <laughs> yeah, I mean it would seem kind of cheap. It would.
1: It it uh, I I think uh, the I don't know. It just seemed like it was uh, unfortunate they couldn't get Sarah Wayne Cowley, and they just went with uh, you know, a faceless specter, as you say, standing up there that was obvious that, oh, they didn't bring her back. They should have brought her
0: back. They should have and showed her. stepped I, up and I, got her there. Honestly, I would have liked that a little bit better. Now, here's the thing. Some people... Uh, were speculating or claimed to be able to see that it was Zombie Laurie standing up there. I couldn't really get a good look at it. I looked at the uh, the iTunes version that came out overnight um, today. It's just not bright enough to see to see her face. So well you think enough. it
1: was an actual <laughs> zombie, like or just no, a, no, 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 an no, image. no, He was still
0: imagining it. No, no, no. No one else could see it. He was imagining okay. it. But I think people were speculating that he was imagining Zombie Laurie. Right. Not that it was the zombie of Laurie, because uh, Lori's dead and her body's gone. She's completely eaten, apparently. That is their story, that's and the, I'm sticking with that's it. That's the current thinking. That's right. Um, so, uh, no, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there was supposed to be a zombified Laurie there or not. I couldn't tell.
1: No, I just think it was— I, I personally just think it was Spectre Lori. Spectre Laurie. With— uh, Ghost Laurie. Ghost Laurie coming to just— Watch over Rick and spook him for some reason.
0: Yeah. So, right at that moment when Rick is starting to maybe come around and think, okay, Tyrese can stay, um, he sees Ghost Lori. He starts talking and yelling at her. Yep. Um, saying things like, why are you here? You have to leave me alone. I can't help you anymore. And uh, everyone thinks, of course, he's talking to Tyrese. Right. And uh, he pulls out his gun too. Yep. And so people get a little freaked out and nervous. And Tyrese is like, okay, we'll leave. We'll leave. No one needs to get shot. We're going to go. And uh, we focus camera in on Rick, and the episode ends. Right. So it's all just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> it's a huge misunderstanding. It's a threes company situation we got here. <laughs> Do we really need a threes company situation on The Walking Dead?
1: Well, apparently we have one where the audience is completely, completely aware of what's going on, and uh, the actors have no
0: idea. Or the, the characters have no idea.
1: Yeah. That's Except right. for Rick. Except, which is
0: and he's got no idea about anything
1: right? which is not really a Three's company situation because in Three's company nobody had any real
0: clue of what the actual situation was everyone time. thought they knew yeah. but they didn't yeah. so uh yeah so um so that's the episode i i liked it for a lot of things i really liked the amount of talking people did and the amount of information that yeah, was revealed the to each other information flowed felt very very good about that On the other hand, I didn't really love Merle in this episode. He came off a little cartoony and clowny to me. Yeah. He just needed to shut up for a while there and stop being— He needed to be pistol-whipped and knocked unconscious. He really, really (laughs) did. I wish they'd done that. (laughs) (laughs) If only. Yeah, if only. Um, So, uh, you know, pretty good overall. Any other thoughts on on this episode before we we move on? Nothing specific. Let's move on. (laughs) All right. If uh, if you have any thoughts on this episode, by all means, send in comments and questions, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear where you agree or disagree with our take on things, and uh, and uh, we'll you know get to some listener feedback in a future episode if you do send it in. In this episode, after our quick break to thank our sponsor, we will have a little bit of listener feedback, as well as a few, holy crap, did you see that? So, uh, that's back again. Awesome. So you can send those in as well. Um <clears throat> that's all coming up right after this. Stay tuned. For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free down, uh, audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, so you have the opportunity to try out the service. Now, normally, Jason, I get you to make a recommendation, but this week we have a call from a listener. Oh, good. Who's going to give us a recommendation. Uh, I apologize slightly for the sound quality of this call. It's not amazing, but uh, hopefully it's Audible. I haven't even heard it yet, and uh, I think it's amazing. All right, here and we And
1: you go. used Audible to describe the quality of the ad for audible
2: hey guys max from connecticut again um i'm actually calling something different this time uh i actually want to give a audible book suggestion um as a big zombie fan um i'm surprised i don't think you guys have brought this one up before uh zombie fallout uh by mark tufo it's a six book series and Uh, Admittedly, the cover looks extremely cheesy, but it is the most engrossing story of zombies very close to Walking Dead that I've ever read. It's very dry humor. Uh, The main character is someone everyone can relate to and is frankly hilarious. The narration is great. And there's actually a spin-off series um, with the same author called Indian Hill, Uh, where it's like an alternate reality where you're dealing with aliens uh, instead of zombies that's also almost as good, if not better.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Max, from Connecticut. Hopefully everyone got that. He was recommending Zombie Fallout by Mark Tufo. Zombie Fallout. I'm having a look right now. There you go. I'm sure you'll get it and, uh, and read it and listen to it so you can update us later. Add to cart. There you go. If you want to get Zombie Fallout by Mark Tufo or uh, any other book from Audible, they have a 100,000 titles or so, you can go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. That's audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for your free audio book. Listener feedback. All right, uh, we got a little bit of listener feedback to get to right here. Um, The first one, let's do this one first. This this is directly from last night's episode. Chris from the UK writes in, and he says, "'The accidental death of Haley was a clever ploy to make you stop and think. Is it really that clear-cut that the prison gang are the good guys?' They were pretty much indiscriminately firing into a crowd of civilians, shooting through smoke with no real control over who they hit. Is the governor not right, at least from his perspective? Rick and all really are terrorists, terrorism being very much in the eye of the beholder. Uh, I didn't mention in our recap that Haley was shot right at the beginning uh, of the episode, shot dead by one of, uh, you know, either Maggie or Rick. Right. And, uh, if you f- have forgotten, Haley is the crossbow girl that, uh, Andrea was up on the wall guarding with for a brief, uh, portion of an earlier episode. Bow. It wasn't a crossbow, was it? Sorry. It, it was, was a, a uh, it was a bow. Yeah, you're right. It was a bow. Um... We speculated that we'd never see her again, and we we did, but it was brief, and now she's dead. <laughs> there she is, so um what do you think about Chris's comment here about how it sort of muddies the waters of who's good and who's bad? I mean, a group that's supposed to be good firing into a crowd of civ- civilians
1: indiscriminately. that did occur to me at one point i didn't uh, I, I failed to bring it up, but uh yes, they were firing into that crowd. An unarmed crowd indiscriminately. And that uh, doesn't seem like something a group of good guys would do. I absolutely agree. I mean, it's. Why do I always agree with everything the listeners say? Well, they're smarter than us. So you got to go with them. I'm right? skeptical with everything that's about to come out, like it when it does. And I agree with every single <laughs> listener
0: that has ever written in. It shows your intelligence. The intelligent man defers to someone who knows more. Right. And I propose that Chris in the UK is smarter than us. And consistency is the refuge of the weak minded. Sure. Why not? <laughs> that's why we're so inconsistent. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I, I I that's true. I mean it kind of occurred to me while I was watching it too. I mean, yes, they're there trying to get their friend back and yes they know that some bad things have happened, but they've got to realize that not everybody in this town, there's 75 people or whatever there. Um and they're pretty much all there in that in that circle. Not everybody there is going to be an evil, horrible human being, and they don't deserve to be shot, like, you know, just out of the blue like that. Okay, Maggie has an assault rifle of some kind. She could have killed a lot more people if she'd known what she was doing with that thing. I think maybe she just missed. Maybe
1: she was shooting at the zombies uh, that were in the ring, and she's just a really horrible shot.
0: Well, horrible shot, or there's... There's a lot of people running around there. You, just, I mean, you don't
1: fire into a crowd. I, I, no. I, I can't. I, I
0: I absolutely agree. I can't abide by this, that behavior. Unless you are actually at war, and those are the enemy soldiers, they have you to be don't armed. fire into a crowd. And they have to be armed. That's right. You, you don't, don't fire into an unarmed
1: crowd. No. Ever, ever, ever.
0: All right. So it, there is no justification for this no. whatsoever. That's um,
1: why Glenn's mad. I'd be I'm mad now too.
0: <laughs> because his girlfriend is a cold-blooded killer. She's an indiscriminate murderer. Jeez. I still love Maggie. Maggie the murderer. Got it. <laughs> That's her new name. Okay. Uh excellent point, Chris. Uh I think uh I think it is all about um how you you know, your point of view right. on things, your perspective on it. Uh all righty. Andreas from Sweden wrote in. I think the TV show has failed monumentally in showing the governor as a badass, evil person. Think about it. It could just as easily be Rick in the governor's shoes. What has he done really that is that bad? He wants to protect the society, and he does what needs to be done just like Rick. So a similar point here.
1: Uh, You know, torture, zombie heads in a jar, keeping a
0: zombie pet. Yeah, um I he sent in Andreas sent in a few examples here to prove his point and I took a took 3 of the 6 or 7 he wrote in. Right. Uh, first of all, Michonne, she is a strange one that never did anything to get the governor's trust. Would you want her loose in the woods around Woodbury? Right. He, he's trying to say, you know, like why would he trust her? Why you know, he can't just have her running around out there plotting her way back in to kill him. So that's why he sent out the team to get her. Um Penny, uh, you know, he Andrea says, I have a daughter and I love her more than anything. If she would turn into a zombie, I may as well keep her for the later treatment. Why not? So again, matter of perspective. Right. And uh, um, Maggie and Glenn, two strangers who have access to this, you know, secure prison. Of course you want to know more about that prison and you're going to do what it takes to find out. Right. Um, to your point, yes, he did some horrible things. But again, when you look at his side of things, maybe he's... You know he's just doing what he has to to survive too, just like Rick would.
1: Yeah, and I and I've brought this up in uh, previous episodes near the beginning of the season where they really haven't pulled the trigger on uh, the governor being a super bad evil guy, right? And I and, he, and he's right, I and he they haven't pulled the trigger yet. Mm-hmm. That like he's doing things that make sort of sense in his own kind of twisted reality, uh, and he's done some evil things, but is he really any different than than Rick?
0: who's, you know, turned and pulled the trigger on people before. And just, you know, hatcheted people in the head just as they're standing in front of them. So, you know, it's, it is a, it is, it's kind of a fine line here, right? And just, you know, we're, as the audience, we're supposed to hate this governor guy. He's supposed to be the villain. But until they really go all out in making him just absolutely reprehensible. um, Well, maybe it should be, you know, if Andrea likes him, I like him. Well, yeah, and there's there's all that going on, too, because yeah. we're supposed to like Andrea, too, right? But no one seems to anymore. No, 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 no one likes Andrea. Anybody I've ever talked to about this show really doesn't like Andrea. It's like, what is she doing? I, she she latches cool. on to anybody, any alpha male that she can find. She was cool for a while, but God. Yeah. Uh, all righty, so finally, Sue from Iowa wrote in, and this is just kind of a funny point she had, and I thought I'd uh, mention it. She writes, just catching up on episodes of our podcast... And I cannot believe how long you and some listeners went on about holes. Wow. Love the show. Keep it up. But move on about the holes.
1: Really? And Now that you've brought up holes, I have a couple of things.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I don't, actually. Um, this is when, of course, we were talking about if you dig a hole, fill it back in. Will you have a mound or a divot? Apparently, we talked about that for a long time, and I think she may have a point.
1: I think it depends on the on the on the consistency of the, uh,
0: the the earth that you're digging up. <laughs> Let's let that be the final word on it. <laughs> What do you say? Sure. (laughs) All right. She brought it up. Thank. That's true. And I read it. Thank you, Sue from Iowa. uh, And thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, We didn't get a ton of uh, of email since last night, um, but I'm sure we'll get more uh, throughout the week. One thing I would like to say and remind everyone is that, sadly, we have the same name as the AMC show. Yep. So while AMC's Talking Dead is on the air, especially last night, we got an awful lot of calls from people and emails from people who thought they were calling or emailing that show. Right. Now, I don't blame them for being confused. They probably went to Google and searched Talking Dead, and, you know, they clicked the wrong link. But um, for our our listeners, who are, you know, I'm very grateful for, you know— Right after the episode airs during AMC's *Talking Dead* might not be the best time to email us because I get a lot of incoming stuff that I have to sift through and and reject because it's not really for us. So your brain may slip and miss something. I may exactly. You now, false I try negative. to be, try to be as careful as I can. But last night we got I think 97 calls, right? Which is more than a. a a lot more than we've ever had, actually. And that's probably because there were 4 million people watching Talking Dead instead right. of one. Because of their awesome new time slot. That's right. But it kind of is a bummer that we get 97 calls from uh, people who thought they were calling them and we were calling us. So, so. it's not perfect for everybody, what you're saying. You uh, said it was good for you, and we kind of went, this is great for everybody involved, but now... Well, uh, the, the upside is that I have that time to sort of weed through it, right? right. Like if when it's on later, I'm you know, done for the night and want to go to bed. So I get up today, and then I have 97 calls to get through before we record, which I never would have. So uh, it's, it's better in that way, but it was a lot. It so a I lot. should call in six times
1: uh, during that time slot and be <laughs> ambiguous as to <laughs> what my questions are, who they're for, and
0: what show I'm calling. And yeah, exactly. And what your name and, is. And, and so pretend
1: on. I'm somebody else, because you don't have call display on this thing, right? So I could just call from the same number.
0: I, I see the, f- uh, I see, not the name of the person, no. You see the phone number? Yeah.
1: Oh well, that's no good. So- no, it's me.
0: <laughs> I will, but I might not put two and two together. Right. But you're, uh, not, you're not that smart. No, not really. Speaking of two and two, let's do this. Holy crap! Did you see that? So, holy crap, did you see that? This is my favorite part of the show. Kent from Kentucky writes in, and he says, I thought last night's Walking Dead episode was a a real good but not great episode. Would probably give it 8 out of 10 Lori's Ghosts. My holy crap, did you see that would be the two Walker cameos. Number one, Heinz Ward as they were escaping Woodbury. And number two, uh, what sure as hell looked like Greg Nicotero, who Andrea shot after the very brief Zed attack on Woodbury. Um, Regarding number two, I do know Nicotero played a zombie in this episode. I'm not 100% sure which one. Right. But it was probably that one. You know, it was probably one that got a little bit of screen time. Yep. And Heinz Ward, a football player, I think. I'm looking him up right
1: now. It uh, looks like football, and he's got a uniform that is yellow and either dark blue or black. Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I got nothing here. I'm gonna try and go to his Wikipedia page. No,
0: Heinz. I think he's a football player. I he did no, hear no, he about football this. player. I just don't know what team he plays for. That's... All right, he may not. He may be retired. I don't know. Wide receiver, uh,
1: born in 1976. He's probably not retired. He's only 36 years old. Uh, num, 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 num. All right, let's see here. Heinz Edward Ward Jr. is a retired American football wide receiver who played for the. Uh, played 14 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, look
0: at me, man. 14 seasons, and he's only 36. Holy jumping Jehoshaphat! Well, that's not too crazy. I mean, people come into professional sports in their early 20s usually. Yeah. Usually. <clears throat> but look at me. You'd yell out a color, and I knew the team. That's I I might know something about football that I don't even realize. That's crazy. That is crazy. Why do they call a scrum a scrum? Or why do they call it a scrimmage a scrimmage?
1: That and I, how does it relate to a scrum? I don't know, isn't I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know vague information. It used to be uh, the the scrum like it is in, uh, what do you call that, uh, that game with the ball that they play over in Australia and they play in England? Rugby. (laughs) Rugby. (laughs) And they have that scrum, Uh and they changed it to a line of scrimmage because I think it was one of the presidents of the United States said, uh, that looks too dangerous, change the rules.
0: Change the rules. Okay, why not? Anyway, Uh, that's
1: just, uh, that's something I think I might have read in high school. So correct me if I'm
0: wrong. High school was a long time ago. Very, very long time ago. Tom from Illinois writes, Hey guys, my holy crap, did you see that moment from this week's episode? Was the first zombie that peeked into Woodbury, uh, looked to be very much based off the zombie from the Dawn of the Dead poster. I was wondering if you caught it and if you think it was intended or coincidental. Um, it did not occur to me while I was watching it, I'm afraid, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was intended. You know, why not, you know, sort of do a little homage to Dawn of the Dead? I'm sorry, I missed that question. I was looking up line of scrimmage here.
1: (laughs) Briefly recap. Okay. uh, Or skip it. (laughs) The
0: zombie that peeked into Woodbury looked to be based off the zombie from the Dawn of the Dead poster. Oh. Intentional or coincidental? (laughs) I have no idea. I'm going to go with uh, intentional. Intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, simply because, um, Nicotero may actually have worked on that movie. Oh. I am not 100% sure, but he's been around for so long, and he's done so much work. And he did work on some, you know, Romero films back in the day. Um, it was intentional. Look at that the poster. is almost exactly the same shape as that guy's head. <laughs> well, there you go. So, Tom from Illinois, we're going with intentional. Yeah, I'm going to go with intentional. All right. They're, uh, paying homage to, uh to uh, Dawn of the Dead. Samantha from Ohio writes, My holy crap, did you see that? It's when Glenn stomps the head of the zombie in the truck. Yep. Awesome choice. And Chris from the UK says the same thing. Only one option this week, not even debatable. Glenn's curb stomp kill has to take it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So uh, people like that scene. I liked it too. That's kind of my choice, I think, the curb stomp. And I pick it because uh, it was gratuitous. In an awesome way, and they showed two or three or four stomps of his foot, not yep. just one. And they really showed that head compressing into a disgusting mass pulpy mess. It was the gore moment of the episode for yep. me. And uh, both my wife and I were like, Holy crap, that's <laughs> gross! So, I saw uh, that
1: coming as soon as he pulled him out of the uh, out of the truck and he started stomping on his head. It's like, This is going to get messy, yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: Um, did you a uh, moment you wanted to pick, or should we leave it at that? No, absolutely. I have
1: a, I have a, definitely have a moment that I would like to pick. And Very it, good. Uh, it was when uh, Daryl took the crossbow away from that guy. Oh, and that, just, that like, was a cool move. Mine and went. It's just, uh, it's one of those magical moments, like uh, Indiana Jones and his hat. You know, it's one of those things that it's just, it's part
0: of the character. What are you sure you didn't? someone said that someone made that comparison already it might have been on talking dead last night it could have been are you sure you weren't watching that i wasn't watching that but
1: that's uh it, it's one of those things and there, this actually even harkens back to uh, my role playing days where there, i forget the game that i played but there was this one ability you could get for your character where you picked an item and you always had that item it was like indiana jones with his hat you could get blown out of a building fall down the side of a mountain go over a waterfall land on a beach and when you wake up your hat is is going to be right beside you. No matter what happens, you're going to have that hat.
0: So it's it's a, it's an actual ability that it's you and that hat are. Um Connected intrinsically. Yes. And no matter what happens to you, it follows. It follows <clears> you. <throat> Indiana Jones
1: never lost his hat. Daryl will never lose that crossbow. No matter what happens, there's absolute chaos going on. He just runs through the chaos trying to escape. There's my crossbow. I'm just going to take it. You are clearly passionate about this, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that ability. I wish I had that kind of relationship with something. I don't. Maybe, maybe my hair... <laughs>
0: Well, it's Every, hard to separate. From everywhere
1: your hair. I go, I have my hair with me. Uh-huh. Uh
0: but uh yeah, Daryl and his Crossbow they, they cannot be separated. I really like that. I really like that. Yeah. That's cool. That the moment reminded me a little bit. Anytime there's a moment in a movie or a TV show where just something really quick and cool like that happens, it reminds me of um one of the Lord of the Rings movies, maybe the first one, um which was uh Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. correct? Um, there's a scene where Orlando Bloom, uh, Legolas. Legolas, yeah. Uh, he, very quickly and in semi slow motion mounts, I think he mounts a, a horse of some kind. He kind of like it's running at him and he sort of swings himself up oh, yeah. around and lands on it and uh, keeps going. Gets on the back of the horse, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, in the, it's in the middle of a battle with a bunch of orcs. Am I getting all the terminology right? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, I think so. And uh, it was a quick scene, but it was really cool that he just had this ability. And I'm like, not everyone could do that. No, you have to be an elf to be able to do that. And then, well, and just like you have to be Daryl Dixon to be able to, to. reclaim that crossbow like that yeah. from a guy who just shot it and yep. who has it in his hand to just come up and sort of neutralize him, take the crossbow, well, he, spin around he and run away. flicked
1: it, right? He just, he was like uh, slapped his hand and it came out and he had automatically
0: had it essentially at his shoulder and ready to fire. Yeah. And that's why it was so cool. Just like Legolas was in the middle of battle and then suddenly he's on top of a horse riding it. Yeah. You know, it was really, really awesome. So uh, <laughs> that was my uh, holy crap moment. Awesome. That is amazing. Um, and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. I've got a couple of spoilery-type updates for uh, after we wrap things up here. So if you want to hear those, there's sort of a, um, updates and a quick theory um, from last week or last episode when we did some spoilers after our, after we finished. Right. Um, so before we get to that, let's let everyone know that if you want to give us a call, you can do so on the Zomb line at 1-866-483-ZOMB. And uh, it's a toll-free call, so by all means, send your comments or questions in there. We'll play them on the show. Also, your Holy Crap Did You See That moments. We love to get those. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Talking Dead. And I'll be honest, I, I've uh, been checking that a little bit more lately. I feel good about myself for that. Oh, good. Finally getting back into that. Um, as mentioned off the top, go over to facebook.com slash the talking dead to find us there. Lots of good stuff going on there. And we want to try to hit 10,000 likes over the next uh, eight weeks. We, uh, yeah, that would be a nice goal. <laughs> it's a, it's lofty. It's a lofty goal. No
1: sleep till 10K, man.
0: All right, good. Hopefully, we're at about uh, 9,000 by now. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will see. Um, and uh, you can email us at talking deadpodcast at gmail.com. I try to respond to everyone, although I'm usually takes me a while to get around to it because I let the email build up a little bit. But um, otherwise, you know, we try to get stuff on the show whenever possible. So uh, there you go. Those are all the ways you can contact us. We will be back next week when we, when we recap and discuss episode 10 of season three. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you for listening, everyone. Stay tuned now for some spoilers. Cool. All right. Really quickly, um, last week we did a, a spoiler section on some, you know, potential upcoming happenings in the show. Yep. Now, it's all based on rumors and speculation. We don't know for sure that any of these actually are spoilers. So, you know, we... Uh, I, I still got to warn everyone, though, because There's people, probably some conjecture in there, too. Yeah, probably. People don't like to hear even speculation sometimes, because it might be true. Right. Um, but uh, we got... An email from John from the internet update on a theory we had last week, or not a theory but um we we heard last week that someone later in the season commits suicide right and Rick uh blames Tyrese for it, yeah, and we were trying to figure out who that might be and mm. um it's been a while since either of us read the prison storyline through the comic, yep, but there's some stuff in there that potentially reveals who this could be if they sort of stick with that storyline in the show. Now, double warning, this is a little bit— this is definitely spoilery for the comic books. So if you haven't read that, just turn us off right now. Okay. Please do. Um, otherwise, uh, John writes, <clears throat> you were speculating on episode 16 in regards to who commits suicide. I do think it is Carol, as in the comic she gets involved with Tyrese until he hooks up with Michonne. Maybe the show will play out uh, that storyline from the comic. Although this Carol seems pretty strong and not trying to be, uh, become a sister wife with Lori. just wanted to share my thought. So he's referencing a couple of things here. Carol in the comic um, hooks up with Tyrese, but then he goes with Michonne. She feels upset about that. Um, eventually, she goes to Laurie and says, maybe we can have an open relationship with uh, your husband, Rick. <laughs> and Lori's like, uh, i like you and all, but no. Right. And then Carol walks—sort of walks herself into a zombie and lets herself get bitten, essentially committing suicide. Right. And, um— With her daughter still alive at that point. Yes, in the comic, Sophia's still alive at that point, that's right. Um, but Carol does not survive that, of course. Yeah. And, um, you know, it would make sense that if something similar plays out in the TV show, well, Rick might blame Tyrese for that. Yeah, that's true. So, uh— Pretty solid theory there, and, and I can't believe we didn't think about it uh, last week, but like I said, it's been a while since I've read this prison storyline, right. so I'm thinking, like you said, I'm going to go back and reread it, just to refresh myself a little bit so I can, you know... Not be such a dumbass? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, but probably it won't help. Right. <laughs> um, finally, Bert from Boston writes in, an alternate theory on the suicide, and this is really just theory from a listener. So if you're still with us, this isn't too spoilery. Um, he thinks it's going to be Andrea. And he says, for these reasons, she's already tried to kill herself once in the CDC. Right. Or at least stay there while it explodes. I guess it's the same thing. Um, She was sort of okay with it when Beth wanted to kill herself, which means she's kind of (laughs) pro-suicide. Right. Um, Now, he says, we can also assume that learning that the governor has gone to crazy town and is trying to kill all of her friends, I imagine she would be devastated that her true love would be so despicable. And um, I'm thinking that this all kind of leads to her sort of losing a connection with all of the groups, right? Like if she can no longer connect with the governor, maybe everyone at the prison isn't going to be so friendly anymore, and uh, she might not really have anywhere else to turn if she's right. got nobody left to trust and rely on. Maybe she becomes so distraught that uh, she decides to end it. That could be. That's a that's a solid theory, you know. So I, I think this is definitely a solid theory with Andrea. Um, I'd be more inclined to go with the Carol thing, I think, but, you know, you never oh, know. I mean, they can, they can depart pretty far from the comic as we've seen, so.
1: Yeah, the fact that it happened in the comic might guarantee that it's not going to happen. The That's way true. that it happened in the comic. Uh, I don't know, if I had to pick anybody, I'm still going to have to go with Herschel. Yeah, he, although he seems pretty solid now, and he's getting around pretty good after uh, having his leg chopped off, like chopped off, yeah, a week ago.
0: <laughs> that's true. Which he's, he's even... like
1: hopping downstairs. When he was hopping down the stairs without the uh, without the crutches, yeah, I'm like that kind of vertical uh, jarring motion on a a leg that probably is extremely painful to begin with, with the blood pooling down there, uh, would be so excruciating that he would fall down the
0: stairs crying. Yeah, probably. I noticed that scene, too. He hops down nonchalantly like
2: everything's fine.
1: Boop,
0: boop, 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 Pretty spry for an old guy, I thought. With one leg. With one leg. Chopped off. Yeah, that's right. Not 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Her- Herschel's, I don't know. Herschel seemed much more with it in this episode and much more together. He had a bigger part. Yeah. And uh, I no longer really see him as a suicide risk. Although last week when you mentioned it, I was like, totally, yeah.
1: Man, okay, now that I think about it, this is... Post uh drinking and driving. Yep. Like he filmed. In real, this. Life. In real life, he uh he filmed these scenes post drinking
0: and driving. I, I think so. I'm not sure. We're not I'm not sure exactly where the timeline of everything happened. Uh, I figured he'd be dead by now. <laughs> well, who knows? We'll see. All right, that's it. Uh everybody, thank you for listening. Like I said, we'll be back next week uh when we talk about episode number ten. Thanks for checking us out. Salut.